0: Hello and welcome to Fist or Clown with Robert Naylor. My name's David Clark and I'm here today uh, with Owen from How We Roll Podcast. Uh, well, actually, this podcast was recorded a year and a half ago, but uh, everything in it still is absolute gold today. We talk a lot about podcasting, uh, specifically about an, uh, having an RPG podcast um, or actually running an RPG game in general. Um, D&D and Call of Cthulhu. Uh, we talk a bit about Mike etiquette, uh, but also we talk about how we roll uh, as well in, in a bit of depth. What it was like getting involved with D&D Live, um, which is absolutely fascinating. Uh, but then we also talk a bit about um, a few random things as usual, so we chat about the Rubber Bandits and also uh, Owen's desire to swim the English Channel <laughs> as well as his interest in esports. So uh, if, you're a, if you're an RPG fan, then this one's for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fist or Clown with Robert Naylor. I'm joined by Owen from How We Roll Podcast. Hello, Owen.
1: Hello, how are you doing?
0: Very well, thank you all the better for being joined by yourself.
1: Thank you, glad to be here, looking forward to it.
0: <laughs> um, but okay, so Owen, you are, um, well you're doing a few things at the moment that's right you're currently in how we roll and then you're also doing your how we roll uh with uh, podcasts at the moment
1: correct yep so inter- we do a role-playing show and then i also do my interviews with uh, the rolling with series yep
0: fantastic all right then so um we're going to ask you the uh, the question that we're asking everyone in this first series it's um i guess it's not really a question it's more of a of a scenario you have to uh picture yourself at home you're um you're sitting on the sofa watching TV, and there's a news flash: The zombie apocalypse has just started. It is real. None of this, is it happening, might it happen, what are they? There are zombies. We are fucked. Where do you go first?
1: So I grew up by the sea. This is something that has come up in different things. And depending on what zombies you subscribe to, I have the opinion water might yeah. be difficult for them. So I would probably yeah. head to some form of island and uh, maybe have a boat that's easily accessible depending if they can do the whole pirates of the caribbean walk along the bottom thing i'm banking on that not working because you don't see that in many shows <laughs>
0: yeah that's and it was there was was it dawn that there was uh, one of the day of the deads or one of the george a romero films also had uh water zombies yeah there
1: is the but like I don't, I don't know i the science to me doesn't seem to add up the science of zombies in my head it doesn't make <laughs> any sense they're rotting they're falling yeah, away okay. there's waves they're going to be disintegrating smashed to bits
0: yeah, and even if they could, they're probably not going to be able to sort of circumnavigate uh, the um, underwater. Yeah,
1: and, and at least I buy a lot of time while they're chowing through the people on the mainland. At least you know, there's they come to me a couple of months later down the line, maybe.
0: Or or completely distracted and miss you. So is there is there somewhere in mind that you, you have in particular?
1: Oh, there's a really small island just off the coast of where I live, but there's literally nothing there. So it's a grassy island called Mutton yeah. Island, Scattery Island, and like I like yeah. to think I'm a big rugged guy. I guess I, I guess I could fish, but like I've tried to grow house plants. <laughs> I can't imagine having a garden that would like I have a stellar history of murdering plants in my house. Like I can't I keep anything <laughs> growing. Ended that with plants. <laughs> yeah, so like that's the part I struggle with getting my vitamin C and vegetables and iron yeah. might be tough. I can fish for the rest of it.
0: Okay, and I guess you could probably you could probably pick uh, at the mainland. You know, get your right opportunity and 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 sort of breach. Make a run for, make a run for it. Yeah, there
1: you go. And and like Mutton Island is all of probably six hundred meters off the coast. I used to be a swimmer when I was younger. I definitely could have done it okay. sixteen years ago. I'd like to think I still can, yeah. even though I have no justification or fitness to, to base that on. But you know, adrenaline will get me through that maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, all, all the cannibals like snapping at your heels <laughs> exactly probably motivate you right exactly. Okay, so you're on your way to the uh, to the coast to get to Mutton Island. You get a chance to pick some people up. We're gonna assume that. You know, loved ones are are safe. You've you've had the you've made a call to make sure. You know, Nan's safe. Um, you know, uh, and so, but you get to pick up two people for your team. One's someone that you know, and the other one is a, uh, a what well, it could be a, a celebrity, a sports person, or a uh, possibly a fictional character. But you know, if you but not like Superman because that's just not fun. He's just gonna do all the heavy yeah. For you, can, you
1: can okay so. Um, if we're going for the real person, I'd probably go with, so my best mate, a man called Stephen, Steven Battersby, he's quite good at, like, DIY stuff and handy, actually, like, see him knocking up a shelter, he's just bought a house and he's tearing it to pieces, so if someone I know, <laughs> he's handy, we don't... So that's the shelter sort Yeah, we don't tend to agree on stuff either, so we'll be constantly having heated discussions, so, you know, keep ourselves entertained that way. Right. In terms of a celebrity or someone like I guess dear mcgavin people might know that he's a celebrity gardener <laughs> I, i'm talking about right. food <laughs> it, it seems like it makes sense yeah you can yeah. some carrots and stuff for me he's a celebrity gardener yeah, that, that especially work.
0: you're uh, you're stranded on this island as well so you know it'll save you a few trips right yeah and
1: i'm 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 an okay cook i mean i'll make a solid three out of five star meal it's not going to blow anyone's socks off but it's not bad so i guess i can cover that side of it
0: enough, enough to keep them keep them satisfied
1: yeah so they're not going to mutiny or anything and and oh, okay. I could definitely probably if a mutiny came I could probably take the two of them maybe <laughs> they don't seem that tough right
0: okay well that's that's the first answer we have where, where someone's considered whether they could take on a mutiny <laughs> so that's that's thinking a few steps ahead it shows how like great
1: that. faith I have in my leadership skills as a media thinking oh, how do we going to put this mutiny down that hasn't even happened yet
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah real, real confidence um, okay okay cool right so um, next question could you give me an elevator pitch for how we roll
1: how we roll um, so it's a and d let's play that is very much about what's fun and cool as opposed to the rules, we get the rules wrong a lot so it's very realistic through the life of what you have with friends um, mm. we're highly edited so it does sound a bit more like an audio drama but we do keep in some of the arguments about rules and interpretations that you get around a normal table and we do a small bit of trying to bring new systems to people and explain the rules as we go and as we learn them.
0: Okay, cool, yeah. And actually, that uh, you you sort of stumbled on something, uh, some something that I wanted to bring up. Um, so elevator pitch done. Uh, could you, could you give me a bit more on your thoughts on the rules versus the narrative? Because I think this is something that is very, um, very apparent in in your your podcasts. So there's <laughs> there's
1: two schools of thoughts we have uh Niall on our show who's a bit of a rules lawyer and probably because he knows the rules more than the rest of us the problem with yeah. our group when we started Joe our DM had been in the game or started the game 20 years before our show started it played as a kid
0: and sorry just to stop you there for uh for just for uh context we're talking about D&D uh fifth edition right
1: fifth edition but I mean yeah so fifth edition is what our show is but Joe started way back in yeah. like second edition or whatever was before second edition like Okay. Whereas everybody else on the show had more or less had their first RPG experience, not just D and D on the show. I think I had maybe eight hours experience before me and Joe started the show, because I just thought we can do a show. And everyone else we more yeah. or less brought in for the game. So we right. we know probably eighty percent of the rules and the rest is like, eh, what's the coolest thing to do here? Like we don't keep yeah don't yeah. keep track of components for spells, we don't say we don't track of gold or encumbrance where some people like that kind of stuff it's that's not fun like we don't want excel sheets to play our game you know
0: yeah and i think that is uh that is a big thing as well because i um, am i've dm a group as well and the you you see sort of the interest waning when you start trying to work out when people are going into shops and they're and you're saying okay well you know you've only got enough gold to get this this and this and they're like ah, right, okay, well, I guess I won't then. And you think, well, what's the aim here? Is the aim to entertain these people or is it to <laughs> to sort of hold them to a uh, ransom? Yeah,
1: exactly. And it, now having said that, the other side of it, there is sometimes when I've I've researched something in my character, like this spell works like this and I'll say it and Joe just says something. I am like, well, actually, no, the way it works is the way I've planned for the last two days in real life. <laughs> and then yeah. I become that guy and I'm like, that's not fun or cool, you know?
0: yeah and that was the other note that i had was um a a phrase i picked up from yourself on one of your um interviews was messing with the dm on their terms
1: yeah yeah (laughs) i've fallen foul that a few times for better and worse
0: all right so next section is the quick fire round so we're going to ask you some questions and we need quick decisions and if the decisions are not quick enough we'll make a decision for you okay (laughs) okay no problem fair enough alright let's go so always wear gloves or never wear socks always wear gloves jam or marmalade
1: oh neither marmalade I guess
0: (laughs) walking dead or game of thrones
1: uh game of thrones
0: no hands or have ten hands ten hands coke or pepsi uh coke vampires or werewolves uh vampires dogs or cats dogs never hearing audio again or never seeing video again
1: never seeing video again
0: one duck-sized horse or one horse? St- <laughs> no gonna get that right. <laughs> That's a very easy one one. <laughs> uh, yeah. one. one duck-sized one duck-sized horse or ten horse-sized ducks?
1: Uh, one duck-sized horse.
0: Uh, live in a boat or live in a tree?
1: Live in a boat.
0: Robert De Niro or Danny DeVito? Danny DeVito. Always crawl or never sit down? Never sit down lose your middle finger or your big toe big toe name a vegetable
1: courgette like don't know why
0: <laughs> favourite favourite band
1: um Foo Fighters
0: last film you ever saw
1: oh god I don't know uh, I don't know blank <laughs> uh,
0: we'll have to decide for you Miss Congeniality yeah
1: probably yeah go for that that sounds good <laughs> no go on,
0: go on last film you saw
1: oh, I can't even think of films I've seen recently uh diehard was in the last month there we go
0: okay all right fair enough okay well done well done you uh that was pretty 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 swift that was yeah. no, uh, nothing to stumble you there of oh, the easiest question i seem to fall on as well <laughs> <laughs> i should know what that is yeah. <laughs> but i just yeah yeah don't lose any sleep over it so next question if you had to and i mean you had to have a tattoo on your face what would it be
1: a oh, gangster with the ear. why not
0: Oh, right, on your face. Well, I don't think there's any good one. If you're, going
1: go, if you're going to go on the face, you go, you go all the way in, surely. I don't know.
0: All right, and where's it going?
1: Oh, like around the outside, like along the temple up over my eye, I guess. I mean, if I have a face <laughs> tattoo, it already looks terrible. We might as well have something that someone thinks, like, <laughs> let's not mess know. with them.
0: Yeah, and I guess you could uh, possibly argue that it's, like, ironic or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's
1: any winning. Like... You can go very (laughs) literal and say, I'm actually a nice guy, and people are just going to think he's crazy. Like, either way.
0: (laughs) Yeah, even if you had that on your face, yeah, people would still be like, right, well, he has it on his face, (sighs) so you must feel the need to tell people
1: this. I'm not sure how it translates to a 30-year-old freckly ginger-esque guy, you know? It it doesn't fit the image, but we'll go for it, I guess.
0: Or or maybe, yeah, maybe it's a real power move, and they think... Damn, if he's going for gangster, he must be. That's
1: that's my thinking. I mean, like just yeah, there's no winning with a face tattoo, really.
0: So back to how we roll, what is the most important thing that happens behind the scenes that people don't think about?
1: How much work Joe puts in. Um genuinely I think he's one of and the reason I asked him to start the show, like I genuinely think he's one of the best DMs in the world and I thought that before he started the show. He consistently yeah. proves it. A lot of stuff we do now is scenario based, but like, so we're doing the Curse of Strad, which is something like probably eighty episodes long at this yeah. stage that we've recorded. Fifty percent of that is from the module, and a lot of that is then improvised or added to by Joe. And on top of that, he also edits as well, so it's just crazy the amount of work he does.
0: So I, I was gonna, I was gonna ask actually, how has how, how have you got so much out of the Curse of Strad? That seems like a lot of uh, a lot of sessions, but. Is that because you're adding onto the uh, onto the content?
1: <laughs> I was gonna say yes, but that's probably in reality maybe only twenty percent of why it's gotten longer. The rest is us just faffing around in a shop or you know, having an argument over there's a point where me and Dave's character, Ulrich, are fighting over whether I should eat a pie or not. And I guess just basically we're having a fight in the Greg's in Curse of Strahd, you know, it's we faff around a small bit, get into the RP a bit too much, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, but that I guess that's um That's a charm. That's what sort of separate that's what separate yeah, exactly. It's the charm is what separates it from just uh, rolling dice. Yeah, or and or it's or an epic again. fight
1: over a pie. Like it's a, it's 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 the best pie fight... Uh, pie fight fight Jesus, pie fight, excuse me. <laughs> you'll hear in the podcast. I'm confident of that.
0: Okay, that's I mean that's a claim, but I am fairly confident <laughs> you, you wouldn't throw that around unless you meant it. Out of out of interest, um if someone was coming uh to you know was going on to Spotify or iTunes or, or whatever and they wanted to sort of drop into how we how we roll the specifically the Curse of Strahd. Um is is there anywhere that they can drop in 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 the middle or do you think you really have to start from the beginning?
1: So we have kind of like a prelude to Curse of Strahd, which is a dead house that kind of sets up the yeah. characters. I think because it was our first real he- well, we'd one small run of D and D, but it was our first time really finding our feet in D and D it's good, but then mm. just after Death House is when you get into Barovia proper, which is where Strad uh, really starts. That's probably the best place mm. to jump in. Um, and uh, I think that's probably okay. her best uh, work.
0: Was it the? Was, was it the? Is the Death House? Um, I think yeah, because I listened to it fairly recently. Where, you, where your character gets stuck in the gate. Yeah. So. Gets his head stuck in the gate.
1: Episode, <laughs> like episode one. I was playing Saf Torngage was my character, my main character. Yeah. Is a halfling rogue, and in my head he was a suave. Um, kind of a face character like in the A-team like real just con man confident maybe svelte and attractive looking and then we're trying to we had an invite to this house and we couldn't get in so I said I'm a halfling I'll slip through the gate and I failed my role so I got stuck in the gate and <laughs> immediately like seven minutes into our first episode I was like well I'm now a small tubby halfling and not the <laughs> svelte you know genius I thought I was and you like that's part of what is I should probably have in the elevator pitch we role play, but we also let the dice dictate the role we play to a certain extent, you know
0: yeah it it, it was when the um the um is it the i don't know it was the the, the marquee or the the guy who's uh, yeah. the, giving the invitation oh, it comes out and opens the door and and your head's still stuck in, and i was, it had me in pieces yeah <laughs> so. what was his his name
1: was William something I was calling him Billy was it I, I something I do in real life is shorten everyone's name, so whenever Joe comes up with one of his really Like his posh characters are all like very middle England, like double barrel names. So they immediately become, if they're William, they're Billy. And (laughs) yeah, um, yeah. that's so long ago. Like that in real life, that's maybe, in recording it might only be a year ago, but in real life Mm. time it's probably 18 months ago. Like it's so long ago.
0: Just going back to things behind the scene. What do you think is the most important thing that, that you do behind the scene? So you said that the most important thing is, you know, Joe puts a lot of time in, but what about yourself? Is there is there anything that you <laughs> um that you do that people might not necessarily be aware of?
1: I know I've exposed Joe here or not. <laughs> um <laughs> Let's let's do it, why not? He, he he might listen to this. Joe, to be fair to him, <laughs> is both of us are really passionate about the show and what's the right thing to do and what how we present ourselves and how do we get better entertainment wise, how do we Grow as a show. Joe, every so often, like, our earlier episodes, which are now four years old, our audio editing was not very good. We've learned so much more. Our mics were basically laptop mics. Like, it's terrible. So it sounds terrible, but I still think the RP in that is so charming because the guys don't know the rules. They don't know the dangers, myself included. And our Discord will talk about, or we'll talk about, Joe will say, maybe we should archive this. And I'll have to rally everyone in Discord who's a fan to say, isn't it great, guys? And it's like, yeah. So... (laughs) I keep Joe settled that way. Um, so you, the other side
0: preser- preserving the uh, the gold.
1: Yeah, and like it's really some of it is really like some of our favorite moments still is the early Call of Cthulhu stuff, which is like John B. Royce is my oh. first character ever. Yeah, um, I still want to try and bring him back. Everyone like Bart, who's been there since the start. Like it's really good stuff, and there's so much lore to our show there that we can't lose that. So that's one thing I do, but like. Joe only does that every four to six months. I guess it become a point in the Discord where Joe will say, maybe we should archive it, and other fans are now going, oh, it's Joe's six-monthly, you know, <laughs> questioning the quality of the early stuff. Um, but the other side of it was... And I was very Six-month clear-out. Six-month clear-out, exactly. <laughs> I was very active at the start about reaching out to people, trying to contact um, shows we like to see if we could do collaborations. And after three years with real-life jobs and moving back to Ireland... And just playing so much every week, I kind of got a bit burnt out, and I dropped off for a small bit. But lately, probably in the last six to eight months, like we got invited to LA, it really reinvigorated me. And now I am starting rolling away, and it's uh, interviewing all these people I find interesting in RPGs, and some of it's going to start stretching out to people I just find interesting in different internet cultures or different things. I just kind of like I'm a big Joe yeah. Rogan fan, so I'm trying to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm a lot more active on Twitter, trying to build our brand and push our brand seeing what we can do and um, we're also trying to push other people in the community so we've different people like Callum who is from the Roadsters podcast in the UK was on a show with us so I'm trying to just be a bit more proactive in the scene as much to get our name out there but also just it is something I'm passionate about I just didn't realize how passionate I was until I kind of came out of that r- real life burnout you know
0: yeah yeah, and um, I think that there's it's a really you've got a really good opportunity in front of you because if you look at how big D and D is in the U S, um, obviously with Critical Role and uh, and sort of and that, that kind of thing, it's it's like huge as geek and sundry as well. You know, it's it's like, mass, it's massive, and it obviously D and D is big. You know, within UK subcultures, but um, I think there's there's a lot of room for uh, for it for it to grow. Um, and so, yeah, I think sort of shows like like how we roll. Or we were saying before we started, there's there's not many UK D and D podcasts out there, and uh, so I guess you kind of uh, flying the flag a bit for UK D and D podcasts.
1: Yeah, and we are. there's like the big the big one that everyone knows is the Ogs Cast guys who are um, the high rollers, and they're very into wizards, and they're really good at what they do. There's a couple of other highly produced guys. So Joel does a lot of editing for us. It's highly produced. Red Moon roleplay is good. But the other people out there, they're really good storytellers. They're really good at what they do. But either through the time it takes to edit or their knowledge of editing, they're kind of like um, you know the crazy character in Independence Day who's got a CB radio just doing his little own radio show. <laughs> like it's really yeah. charming. They're really good. But just if you're looking for a podcast and you click onto that show, the audio is going to already be a knock against it. So it's very hard for them to catch an audience so we're like yeah, and, uh, we'd love to build that scene to a certain extent we don't have the cons over here you could have a and d con yeah. you know
0: yeah and it's such a big thing the the quality of of sound so it's because um, and I think it was might have been like a Tim Ferriss podcast or something that I was listening to when he uh, he was like, you've got to think there's going to be people there with sound cancelling. <laughs> you sound like there's you're the, the one drinking the beer, with- not me. <laughs> <laughs> there's going to be people there with sound cancelling headphones listening to your podcast. And you've got to think if there is if you've, they've got poor audio in their ears, they're not going to listen to it. Uh, they're not going to listen to it for five minutes, let alone for fifty minutes or, or, or an hour and a half or something. So it's such an Im- important thing, but it is it is quite difficult, I think, to um, you know to 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 get the right conditions and uh, to um, clean and edit audio. It's it's not something that's straightforward. It does
1: it definitely not naturally. But like we talked before this interview about how we're setting up our recording spaces, and like I'm in my my yeah. spare room in a small apartment it's bare walls yeah. and echoes there so I'm trying to now get audio foam up you're also talking to the yeah. guy on How We Roll who has the worst mic discipline so if I'm role playing and I say I look over to the left I look over to the left and you're going to have a horrible <laughs> audio because I've done it there because I get into yeah. it and it's such a bad habit and I've, I've gotten a lot better yeah. but I'm still not good in the, every so often uh, we'll, I'll, we'll record and we'll send our files onto to Joe and two days later when he's editing he's like you <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know. Like it's
0: yeah, it's it's still. I I think just it's still not as bad as um my uh, my brother has the the worst audio well mic etiquette. He um he was like, well we don't use we don't use video and we'll be uh, running a we, we play a lot of Call of Cthulhu or D and D um, and he'll stop making dinner, like, with, in front of the mic. And so you're <laughs> <laughs> Or, like, making a coffee or something with, like, a blimmin' Nespresso machine. And, uh, yeah, you'll lose your temper pretty quickly or with that going on. We've all
1: been there. I've been. Like, when we recorded and we were more young and I was going to say more single, we were never ever that single. We've all been probably in the same relationship <laughs> through the show, but we were less married or had less kids in Joe's case. yeah, We'd drink when we recorded, so, like... Let's say you took a, a session one of one of our Call of Cthulhu's. The next six episodes, we re- we record for four and five hours sometimes, and it's like forty five yeah. minutes an episode. So the first episode is like we're having fun, we're we're on you know we're in good RP mode, we're hitting the mark. By episode three, it's getting a bit looser. By episode five, it's like the guys have been sitting down for four hours and they've drank beers or whiskeys. and it's really yeah. like people are starting to clink glasses. And Joe had to break <laughs> his life to try and get the audio somewhat listenable, you know.
0: Yeah, then it's like hurting cats trying to get people to stick to a, mm. uh, a storyline as well. So I did want to bring a um, circle back to uh, Call of Cthulhu, actually, because you mentioned it earlier. Um, are you guys planning on doing another one? Um, so at, uh, at in the moment,
1: we're running two story arcs. We're actually running um, Curse of Strad, which I'm in. Yeah. And so for like three and a half years, I hadn't missed any recording we did. I was... Myself and Joe... Actually, I, I, at one point, I was the only one who'd been to all recordings. Joe had actually dropped out in games. He wasn't DMing. And yeah. then they started up... When I moved back to Ireland, they started up Two-Headed Serpent. I think it was that. Or maybe I was right. changing job in real life. And I just couldn't commit to the time to do that, which is called of Cthulhu arc. Um, okay. And it's actually DM'd by one of the Chaosium uh, staff members, a guy called Scott Dorr, which is a fantastic keeper. So Joe, Lisa... Dave and Curran are playing that, yeah. and every second week we release an episode of that and an episode of Curse of Strad. Curse of Strad's better because I'm on it, and it kills me. I'm not having. Yeah. I, like it was meant to be a small little arc of ten weeks. they did, and it in how we roll fashion. I think it's episode sixty. It's on now or something. <laughs> and every yeah, so second release, you know.
0: Yeah, so I think that's what I did. I did see that, but I did I assumed it must have been something else because I looking I've listened to all of the previous Cthulhu stuff, mm. um, which is. Yeah, all gold, and I, so I didn't. I assumed that it would. If there was another Cthulhu, it would have been another sort of ten.
1: No, um, so that yeah, and it's got. I think Cthulhu. so. Joe, it's Joe's first character on the show, pretty much. It's a uh, Charles yeah. is his name. Lisa plays a new character. Dave brings back Bar, who's a big character on the show. But yeah. um,
0: it must be hard to keep people alive for so long in uh, well, the tell-
1: You're telling me. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say how many characters I've killed, but I've, I'm I'm leading the scoreboard on the show. <laughs> I didn't take me long to kill my first. Um. Yeah. But that's that's part of Cthulhu and that's like that when we started the show our thinking was we played a small bit of Cthulhu in real life and D&D. And I probably yeah. prefer D&D because I like doing creative stuff with spells and getting around problems with that or like things you can't really do. Excuse me. Things you can't really do in Cthulhu which is very much real world physics. Yeah. But we started the show thinking, look, there isn't a Cthulhu, or there, there was a couple of Cthulhu shows out there, but there isn't a market flooded like D&D, like everyone's yeah. got a DD and d podcast, it feels like. We're just as bad as anyone else for that, but it was a niche that got our foot in the door, got us noticed, um, Yeah, and we played scenarios that were popular, but there wasn't, if you wanted to run a Deathlight Scenario or Return to Innsmo, which is a really well-known scenario in Call of Cthulhu, which is probably the second biggest role-playing game in the world, third biggest role-playing game of the world there wasn't if you googled a podcast listen to the learn the game there wasn't much out there and that's how we got our yeah. foot in the door and also for newer players which we were at the time it's a lot easier maybe a lot more boring but a lot easier to role play a human in boston than it is a cat person in the forgotten realms <laughs> on the sword coast you know
0: yeah 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 i guess yeah and there's um yeah it's it's when you're operating within sort of the realms of reality, it's a bit easier than, uh, like you said, trying to think of all, all all ways to complicate ways to get through difficult problems. Yeah,
1: and like in D D, you're a hero, so you can get you know hit with a hammer, like shot with a cannon. You you, and you're injured. In Call of Cthulhu, you yeah. get shot with a handgun, and there's a ninety percent chance you're dead. Like real life, it's just yeah. like you have yeah, ten you hit points, and fall. it does eight <laughs> damage. Like oh no, uh, I am running away. Like there's a joke online you'll see cartoons and memes about it like but how do you play Call of Cthulhu you walk around with your eyes closed so you don't go mad for seeing anything and you walk backwards so you don't walk into trouble it's just you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, actually I, I, um, I ran through um, uh, the the uh Idle of Thoth.
1: Yeah, that's Joe's I, scenario. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's what I, I heard about it on your um on your podcast, and then played through it as well. Is it, is it Thoth or is it? Is it is Thoth? Thoth. Yeah. <laughs> Thoth. Yeah, Idle of Thoth. And um, I was uh, I was running it for some guys who hadn't played Call of Cthulhu um before. They would only done D and D, and um, they went in it. You know, like bulls in a china shop. And um, just had to. I just had to arrest them immediately. And you know, there's like a there's like a time limit on it. Yeah. And they just completely had balls the entire thing up within about half an hour because they they just started. They went up to the first person they saw and started threatening them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the opposite
1: of what we have. So yeah, because they came from world where they're heroes and it's like, well, we just fight the bad guy. You can't do that in yeah. Boston because you get arrested for a grievous bodily harm. Whereas we we came from Cthulhu. And it's like you see a guy robbing someone's purse and we're like, Well we can't we can't beat him to death or we can't do whatever because we'll get arrested. But in reality it's like Joe's like you gotta fight the guy or do something. This is you know, the Wild West in D D, you know? It's funny how you yeah, get shaped just... by your experience, you know.
0: Our next question, would you rather spend life with Sean Paul bigging you up or with Stephen Fry putting you down?
1: Oh man. My first. So I, I, I know who both yeah. the people are, but my first instinct was so Brige, my fiance is she loves just r&b from the like noughties and sean paul is like a guilty pleasure of her pleasure of hers. so I, I feel like yeah. if i don't pick sean paul i'm gonna be in trouble but she's also a big stephen fry fan
0: yeah
1: i don't know my my ego would i think i, I just i can't not be like sean paul could just make me feel like more of a god than i already think i am like i'm a mass massive <laughs> massive, massive extroverted ego of this so i'm not gonna lie like it's unjustifiable the confidence i have there's nothing to back it up but like
0: it'd be the beginning Yeah, the beginning of every recording you do he'd be there he'd have a he'd have a piece to say like he'd be a hype man in between like i don't have to back it up
1: (laughs) now but i was like well sean paul said it like you can't argue with that he knows like look at that dancehall legend he's got this down you know
0: and when yeah when you when you roll like a nat 20 he'll just be (laughs) off on
1: one (laughs) Yeah, it's like come on sean we we need need to keep going and record just relax please. (laughs) It's been two hours, yeah. Sean. It was <laughs> one, it was one roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: Okay, yeah, okay. So one for Sean Paul then. Cool.
1: I imagine he Next doesn't question. win many, does he? It's a-
0: he has not won yet. No, <laughs> he's not won um, yet. Well, <laughs> I'm such a <laughs> well, terrible I he, person. <laughs> well, it, there's people have favoured Sean Paul, but the problem that keeps coming up. So this is this is. I don't want to. I don't really want to burst your bubble here, but the. So the conditions is that he would be he would be constantly uh, hype like bigging you up. So you know, if you can forget going to funerals, um, you know, just trying to do trying to do laundry or read a book. I can or something I can like see that, that but like, be...
1: I don't think it changes my answer. Like my ego is just <laughs> like I can know I can tell people are just playing up to me and just you know, you flirting will get people places or you know compliments will get people places. I don't care. It's like that's fine. I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay, so a person. strong
0: a, sh- a strong vote for sean paul then resolute okay, fair enough um right next question which which r p g podcasts do you listen to um not including how we roll
1: so at the moment, I actually find it very difficult to listen to one because I do a lot of research for the interview show, but one I always fall back to um is a ram it's not even one podcast, so it was originally God's fall. Um, but he's got Rise of Demigods now Ar- Ram version has influenced a lot of how we edit our show and his show Godswell actually started the same week as ours and he guests on our show at the moment but okay. the stories he tells um, are just really really good and they hit like they hit the right notes emotionally they then have a cover series where they're making dick jokes and stuff like that like it covers everything um, he's non-binary characters he's like he handles all that stuff really well it's really well edited like it could be like a radio drama it's just i go back to him a lot whenever i'm not busy with doing stuff for the show or recording stuff i'm six months behind on the recordings but i always go back to them
0: yeah no that, that's fine although i did i did want to sort of expand on that and say are there other podcasts that you listen to that aren't rpg related
1: so yeah um in terms of other podcasts i listen to for pleasure pleasure sounds weird sorry but in terms of <laughs> other podcasts I listen to, pleasure is ruler I was looking for. But no, in terms of podcasts very- I listen to, that I like to just relax and chill out to. Like Joe Rogan is the one probably 90% of podcasters talk about. My Rolling Witch show is basically my terrible homage to Joe Rogan. I like to have a conversation with someone. Um, I have a few other ones. For a long time, I listened to a show called Stuff You Should Know, which is a Discovery Channel podcast. It's kind of just a history on. Um, different topics like you know what happened to Henry VIII or it could be how does helium how do hot air balloons work they, they take anything from science questions to history questions and they break it down I've kind of fallen out of that every so often a new one kind of falls in I follow a lot of comedians that kind of were on Joe Rogan so Burke Kreischer does a kind of interview show her
0: He's the, um, the Russian mafia. The guy, machine, right?
1: that's the man. The, the machine, uh, yeah. <laughs> recently, Daniel Sloss, who originally, he, he kicked off on Netflix with a big special recently. Jigsaw went huge and viral, but I actually saw him in LA when I visited there two or three years ago, just live in a small bar. He has a podcast I quite enjoy, and it's just him and his comedian mate from Newcastle, Kai Humphries, just talking crap. It's just two buddies talking absolute crap. And they're the shows I like. It's Like, I listen to podcasts... For their personality, um, the is in it more than the the subject matter. Like that's, I think that's why anyone listens to the podcast. I don't think yeah. our role play is good. It's in the top level, but I don't think our role play is any better than ninety percent of the top podcasts out there. I think it's the personality is what people stay for, and it's the same for the yeah, RPGs definitely. I listen to. Like you know, that's like I said, Aram is who I listen to. All his guests and characters and cast mates are fantastic. Everyone at D and D live there in May. All great shows. There's just so much out there. I try not to listen to too yeah. much RPGs as well because it can influence... The worry is what you end doing? up... Yeah, you, the worry is unintentionally you try you end up copying someone, you know?
0: And so how was... Yeah, you, you mentioned D&D Live, but how was, D&D, how was it?
1: Um, So I think I've mentioned this on my interview show, but it was the best I told you so ever because how our show was formed... So I lived in Manchester in a suburb called Charlton, which is where Joe lived and we met up and started rpgs and over a pint in a place called the marble beer house i said we should do a podcast and as the pints started flowing i said like, we should do it and he kind of was like yeah we probably should okay i ended up in the night with both of us just and dave atrociously drunk amigo and me going lads we do this we'll end up in california telling you it's going to be that good like i said i have a massive ego it's kind of a character flaw <laughs> And then we ended up going to LA for D&D Live, which we were very lucky to get invited and we appreciated like Victoria Rogers and the guys who invited us out. It was massive for us. Like it was, it was a dream come true. I can say technically I've acted on a soundstage or studio in Hollywood, which is mad, you know?
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, not many people can say that.
1: Yeah. Like when I started the podcast, like I didn't play D&D as a kid. I always thought I'd love it, but there's nothing in the West of Ireland to do it. I got into it when I was what 25 maybe whatever 5 years ago yeah about 25 I was but I was still like it's kind of a nerdy thing I'm not going to boast if someone asked me about it I'd say yeah I play it but I wouldn't boast about it yeah. nobody knew about my podcast until 2 years yeah. in 3 years in now I can say like someone's like oh you do a D&D podcast and i like yeah but we went to Hollywood and it, you know did the X, Y and Z <laughs> and it yeah. stops and like not that anyone ever made fun of me for it but definitely st- oh it's it's legit it was huge it was yeah. if nothing else it's something to tell yeah. the grandkids you know
0: no, without without a doubt, and um, actually, we mentioned briefly that you've had some really good um, uh, some really good prospects from the from D and D Live. Do you want? Would you want to? Do you want to just touch on that? So, from like
1: D and D Live, the way it came about, we have a partnership with um, it's a Dungeon Dragons game called Idle Champions on Steam, and it's it's one of these like cookie clicker games where you click and you passively gain experience and you move on and it's it's really interesting it takes characters from all these different like Acquisitions Inc and the characters in the game are from all big D&D shows so we, we had a link with them where we would give away chests in that game codes at the end of our show and they ran an event where they had three podcasts together and one of those people that was doing the three podcasts was someone who was running the D&D live event so that was the first connection Joe made and then we went over and it was like D&D summer camp I mean there was forty forty six 46 people from the guts of probably 20 shows and we didn't even for, we were over there for 3 days of actual recording we didn't get to meet everyone in a sense of like we met everyone to say hi but to get to know them or have a have a pint with them or chat to them at lunch break and stuff didn't get a chance to get to everyone but all the connections we made out of that like my rolling with I've done now 6 or 7 interviews with different people from it I'm guested on different shows and like the advice it was like almost like a think tank for this creative process saying oh I like how your show does this maybe you should try this and i had a failed podcast years ago around league of legends just something i did as a hobby more than anything else because i'm a gamer computer gamer before anything else that podcast scene was dog eat dog it's like well you're taking my listeners away whereas dnd was very much well, we're all great rising tide raises all boats and like it started off as a discord for D live to explain what was happening with all these 45 people that Discord's still going and someone will throw up saying hey i'm running the show i could do it with two guests and you just put your hand up and you get into it, you know? So it's it's a real collaborative community. There's no, at least obviously or outwardly, there's no, you're taking bread out of my mouth, which is rare from what I've seen in different yeah. other areas of media. It's rare, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, just out of, out of well, personal interest, did you meet anyone from... Uh, Greetings Adventures or formerly Drunks yes. and Dragons um,
1: yes I did and that was one of the first shows I guested on so um, Tim
0: you were on uh, Greetings Adventures
1: I it was on their Geekly Twitch and I think they released the episode on oh. Greetings Adventures um, so Tim Lanning Lanning I should know how to pronounce the second yeah. name Tim Lanning Yeah. so Tim I he was one of the guys I actually briefly met in LA and didn't really get a chance to chat to because the way the recording worked was some of us recording on the Friday, some recording on Saturday, some recording on the m- Sunday. So we all kind of fell out into our groups and there was a table of six people. And I never really got a chance to sit with them and talk. I think Jennifer was there as well from the group. But they were in the Discord and they put up saying, hey, we're going to try this new game that's a Kickstarter called Beyonder. We know the, or we've met the game producer at Gen Con or one of these events over in America and they said, we're looking for other players to play with us. Who wants to play? And because I work Night Shift, I can actually guests on these american shows so i don't get back till one or two ah, o'clock right. yeah, yeah. or if i take two hours holidays and get off work early i said i'd love to play and he said yeah that'd be great and i played with those guys they're they're very much when i say like you do what's cool you don't have to be rules lawyers they're very much that kind of world yeah and they were like it was just a silly game like it was funny it was so much fun
0: yeah i think yeah, that they they seem like cool people. I think that was one of the first. That was probably the first D and D podcast that I that I'd heard, and it was maybe the first sort of introduction to to podcasts and D and D. was something just came about randomly. I they have think, the best Twitter handle. They're they're
1: at D and D podcast. They got in there super early. They're killing the game, yeah. you know. Yeah, they've changed the name because they realized, hey, maybe maybe for because there is some kids that listen. Parents look up the thing as like, maybe yeah. Dungeon Drunks isn't was it? No, they were they Dungeon Drunks.
0: Drunks and dragons. There's,
1: there's so sorry. There's so many booze based. There's drunks and dragons. There's yeah. There's drunks and, yeah. There's there's so many booze based ones. Like I mix them up, but like greetings, adventurers is also a great. Like it's such a quintessential D and D term. You know, such a great yeah. name.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. But they, I think they also share that um, sort of uh, RP rich um, style mm. as well. Which um, once again, like you said, uh, gets you invested in the characters. Um, and so, uh, I think there's something that I've Found with D and D podcasts that make them stick is that uh, if you're listening to them for a long period of time, you might not even <laughs> pay attention to what's going on, but uh, you just like the uh, the general sort of back and forth that people are having. And it's but, it's, okay, it's like that, you're that's... at a
1: table, yeah. It's like you're one of the members, and like yeah, and and yeah. they're just cool people. Like I was actually chatting me and there's there's a thing kicking off at the moment with a wrestler from AEW slagging Dungeons and Dragons today, and it's right D and D Twitter is going mad. The the backstory is aw is this new competitor for wwe they're going having a tv deal but this heel or bad guy in wrestling has just said i don't like Dungeons and dragons as a tweet and a Tim just flexing ripped to absolute shit <laughs> like he's just <laughs> jacked saying i don't like Dungeons and dragons because the wrestler he's wrestling is a known nerd and he has like his merch is like a, his name with and D, or sorry a d20 on it and to me he's clearly just playing the heel and kayfabing it up and looking for yeah. what they call heat in the industry but D&D yeah. Twitter has jumped on it going, you're a terrible person. This isn't an act. <laughs> and then other people going, going, even, even if it is an act, you're perpetuating a stereotype. Me and Tim were like, for me, first of all, it's the perfect troll. He's playing a character. It's great. Yeah, yeah. And Tim was like, this guy is a wrestler on Twitter saying, I'm going to kick your ass and break your neck. Why is that fake? <laughs> like, he's n- grievous bodily harm. That's the fake wrestling part. Saying I don't like D&D yeah. is, oh, he's a meathead perpetuating bullying. So, like, you know, He's a solid guy, Tim. He's a good guy. I like him.
0: So you're also mentioning that off the back of D D Live, you've also got this opportunity to um, play with uh, uh, one of the new releases. One of the new was it the coast releases. Yeah.
1: So generally, so D and D Live, which they've done for definitely the last two years, if not three years, is a big. It's like a mini con. About half percent is what they they refer to it as talent. I don't like the term, but performers. They say half is performers between kind of cosplayers, podcasts, and everything else. The other half are fans, and that's where they announced their big. Um, scenario for the year. So this year it's Descent into Avernus, and Avernus is the first level of hell. I'm not a big D&D lore guy because I'm only playing for four years. So that's about as much as I can give you. Um, so they <laughs> announced that um, scenario, everyone gets very excited, and there's this whole book that goes with it, which is fantastic. So then, four months after the live event, they do what was referred to as the podcast of event. So last year it was the Stream of Many Eyes, was the live event, and it was the podcast of the Stream of Many Eyes. So this year, for Descent, the the book and the scenario is Descent into Avernus, this year it's the podcasts into Avernus. And there's seven shows that they have an overarching story, and the story is, it goes across all of the planes, which are like different dimensions, and there is Celestials, that have to be smuggled through the planes basically to save the world that's the, the overarching I don't want to give any spoilers that's the overarching story and that's yeah. that's established in the first four minutes and there's seven different podcasts from the D&D and RPG world and we were one of those this year which is massive um, it's very cool yeah and this year they've so the people who have organised it this year is the same person Victoria Rogers of the Broadswords who are actually another fantastic RPG all women's cast with the best pun name in the game she runs the podcast of event or the podcast into event with a guy called Daniel Kwan, who is of Asian Represents, which is all about. Um, he's big on getting Asians represented in media and in the RPG scene. So they went to Greg Tito this year, who is the Wizard of the Coast employee, who is, I should know his actual title, but effectively he's their PO officer. Or like, he, does, he runs their podcast. He's very um, customer focused and forward facing that way. And they said, look, we want to run another event like we did last year around the Vernus and the release coming out in September. Here's what we're thinking. We want to do, you know, seven to eight podcasts, but they want to do it from around the world. And that's how we got into D&D Live. We, we were the only European guys there. And then only no, the European ones. Not yet. But, so we said the only British, but we were the only European ones there um, right. of the podcasts. There was the High Rollers who are Twitch and streaming next to a big okay. YouTube network. Without the podcasts, we're the only ones. So we got brought in as one of the European ones. Red Moon role-playing, who are Swedish, based in the UK, was another one. They have a new one called, Is it the Royal? I think it's the Royal Nerd Company, or something to that effect, who are Singapore-based um, D&D thing. And me and Daniel Kwan, who's the guy running it, had a big conversation. One of the guys I got on really well with in D&D Live about, look me and Joe would love to get more D&D events to the UK or get the UK seen on the map because it is very much like the game shop culture isn't big in the UK and then yeah. he's like oh, well I'm the same I'm Canadian he's Canadian but he's of um, I think it's Chinese descent or Korean I'm not yeah. entirely sure but he's like I don't see anyone who looks like me in the world in the D&D realm or there isn't many of us I'd love to go to Hong Kong Singapore Indonesia and then we're like oh we don't know anyone from Africa do we know any Brazilians but it's not just... Whereas last year, I think, was probably two Canadian shows and five American shows. It's now a mix from around the world, you know? Or more of a mix around yeah. the world. Which yeah. is cool.
0: No, yeah, that's very cool. That's really cool. What is your favorite TV show that is no longer on?
1: So, I game... Computer games so much that I struggle to stick to a show. Like, I watched all of Breaking Bad and caught up. Like, yeah. I was traveling around Australia and stuff and I, I missed the Breaking Bad starting off, so... The the Breaking Bad it sound like a person saying the Facebook, I'm am not, not that old <laughs> folks, but no I I, I, yeah. I came back to Ireland after traveling and I think like, there was six or I don't know how many episodes there is of Breaking Bad it's seven seasons I think sorry an episode seasons, mm. and I yeah. watched all of them yes. except for the last season because I got up to date, never never went back yeah. and watched the last season.
0: Just on the staying on the subject of TV and only asking because because you're Irish, um, do you are, are you familiar with the Rubber Bandits? Oh
1: my God! I'm that's Rubber Bandits is Limerick City where I live. We we're talking about it before the show is where Rubber Bandits yeah. are from. I am so familiar with the Rubber Bandits. I know <laughs> them from when they were from cassette trading days. So the Rubber Bandits are right. about my age. And uh, yeah. sorry, for anyone who doesn't know the Rubber Bandits, I'm going to explain because you clearly know who the Rubber Bandits are. Yeah, they yeah, are well, exp- an absurd comedy group that originally started off as teenagers making prank phone calls they recorded onto cassettes that people traded around the place. Look up rubber prank calls and they're like 10 years old on YouTube. There's no video to go with them. They're brilliant. Yeah. They talk in thick inner city limerick accents, which is a very unique Irish accent. Yeah. Um, they had number one Christmas hit that beat out the X Factor one year in Ireland Talking about how they had a horse outside instead of a Honda, horse outside, yeah. Honda Civic. Honda um, Civic. I love him. He's a great podcast. Actually, we talk about podcasts. I listen to you. Listen to well, his Blind Boy podcast. Yeah. Um,
0: so just just on the um, on the horse outside. I when I went to visit um, when I went to visit my wife's family in um, in Athlone. The one i i you know i said i don't care what we do but i want to go to malanga oh. <laughs> <laughs> just to say just to say i had been <laughs> like um oh, yeah. it, it's like one of the
1: goals of my rolling with i'd love to get him on my podcast he does very really good interviews Ah, that would be amazing i want i want to get him in for um and i think he'd be a really good role player like he's my brother actually know so the other side of it for people who don't know who Rob is there they wear uh, masks on stage but their masks are all originally they were all Tesco bags like the plastic bags that you get charged 20p for Yeah, but because they're so um, what's the right word such activists and against the man I was, like, I'm like, i not describing very well they weren't comfortable with being anti-establishment anti-establishment thank you they weren't um comfortable wearing such a big corporate logo so they found this independent shop in Swords which is a suburb of Dublin called JD's or something who had their own plastic bags, and <laughs> the, the shop just gave them something like three thousand of them. So every time they go on stage, they wear a JD's bag. They'd rather promote an independent mom and pop store <laughs> than Tesco. Um, yeah. Oh, if it, it like, if you're anywhere other than Ireland, you you look up the Rubber Band. That's you mightn't understand yeah, what they no. say, but they're fantastic.
0: I could yeah, I couldn't recommend it enough. And just go <laughs> not not just holes outside, but I'm yet to hit. We get to hear one of their songs or see one of their videos that hasn't had me in stitches they are i mean they're brilliant one of their better and ones got- is I, w-
1: I want to fight your father which is uh a, a, a,
0: yeah, a love ballad Hershey. to a girlfriend
1: <laughs> <laughs> about how he wants to fight his father to prove his love to his girlfriend
0: yeah uh that's but the thing that I, the, the reason i have the most respect for them was um i saw them i saw them live in london i've never seen them live i'd love and, to and it was the most bizarre, the most bizarre thing because they were, well, it, obviously the show is bizarre anyway, Yeah. but they, they finished with Ooh, Ah, Up, The Ra. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, they, they did, they did the Ooh, Ah, Up, The Ra bit and they just did it for ages. They did it, they must've done it for like five ten minutes, but they got the whole crowd doing it. And... I'm I, You were the you know,
1: only I've, person who wasn't Irish at the show, Or uh, maybe there was another boyfriend there that didn't know what was happening as well.
0: <laughs> like the, But I no, but I think I think I, I think that they I think there were all the English people who because I think if they were Irish they would have been pissing themselves laughing at this room of, of, of people screaming, Ooh are ah, there are and I was I thought I was the only person who realised because I was looking around going do you guys know what they're talking about? Yeah, <laughs> like we're all like screaming our support for the IRA in this. A terrorist this group region. from the
1: '90s and the '80s in Ireland. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: but no, no, no one tweeted, and they were all going up on their seats, up the raw, up the raw. and they were. You could tell they were. They they knew they were having everyone, up and that they were loving it. But yeah, yeah, like they're
1: they're a great group. So like the, the two, even their names. It's Blind Boy, uh, Mister Blind Boy, and something chrome oh, i'm so upset i can't think of his name Miss, yeah, maybe it's just mr chrome to... and blind boy boat club that's the two names and then they have a dj called <coughs> Willie o d j because there's a famous politician <laughs> in ireland called Willie o d and he just wears a mask if yeah, you couldn't have someone going on stage in england with a reese bog mask and playing uh the decks it's just <laughs> you can't describe how mad they are like my brother yeah, no. is a musician he and he actually music. he actually knows blind boy like he, he knows him as a guy he wouldn't be mates with them, but he'd sit and have a pint with him and chat with him because that's just the city we live in. And yeah, it's just yeah. I can't believe you know. I suppose you're an, you're an Irish girl, but I can't believe you know Romanes. That's
0: yeah. Please, please, de, please devote all uh, sort of efforts to getting them on either rolling with or or how we roll. I've thrown special special little little of it so
1: much and like like he's so big, like he's so huge. Like he's, he's had Channel Four yeah. shows, he's had RTE shows. He's, yeah. he's had a Christmas number one in Ireland. Um,
0: but they would... I think you're right. I think they would be phenomenal at, um, at, at role-playing. be yeah, <laughs> so much fun. So, if you were the 8th Dwarf, what would your name be?
1: Oh, man. I should definitely ask my missus about this. Probably... Oh well,
0: What would you want it to be, and what would she say that it was?
1: Oh, definitely, like, funny. Like, I think <laughs> I'm hilarious, but it's probably takes a joke too far which is probably too long for a dwarf name but like <laughs> yeah
0: well maybe that's why maybe that's why the 8th dwarf got cut off because the, <laughs> the name was just a, didn't roll off the tongue so they're like okay it's a brand we need to get rid of them
1: yeah it's, it's actually probably it's probably messy if, if it goes like through the Disney like tropes it's probably messy like I do my okay. best to keep an adult house like clean and tidy but I fail miserably like I'm a giant child you know, it's I. I do my best. Like if you see like where I'm recording, the camera is facing upward. You can see my face, but it's facing upwards. You can't see the the bed behind me, which has got like a load of crap on it. You know.
0: Yeah, the debris. That's it. Yeah. The,
1: it's in a charming uh, way though, like in a Seven Dwarfs charming way, messy. You know. Okay. Like, right, like right. Well, grumpy is okay. charming. You know. I don't know what the problem is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what do you find? What do you find difficult? Or oh, also. When have you felt challenged?
1: What have I found a challenge? Like, I've, I've genuinely believed in our show a lot um, and trying to get it out there. There was times I'm going, it's Twitter become an echo chamber and you struggle and the wheels spin a bit and you're not getting any traction with new followers or how are you going to make the connection to Dungeons and Dragons? Are we doing the right thing? We don't overly censor ourselves. Like, we try not to be too excessive and swearing, but... We're not going down the PG route either, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that the right decision? Are we doing things right? Do you edit yourself or change the way you play and what you think is entertaining and fun because you think it'll get more fans? Or do you do the artistic thing and you play what you think is fun and what is more entertaining or what you believe in more? Mm. And if I'm straight with you, I'm I'm not going to lie, I, I'd i happily sell out like if it came to it. <laughs> I wouldn't like yeah. sell out fans and chill bad products, but if if I thought in the morning I could get half a million listeners by not swearing, it's not gonna change how I play the game that much. But it isn't really how I play the game, if that makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I don't know, like I might do that. Let's say let's say that literally that option comes up, a genie comes up and says, If you don't swear and you play a bit more P G, you can still play with all the same people, all the same people become famous with you, there's no other bad consequences, but you gotta do this or you lose it, I could do it for six months, but would I still be, like, happy playing or would it feel more like a job? Like, still even now, recording can feel like a job because you put in times and calendars and you have to arrange stuff around your personal life.
0: But I think also, I think if if some if you had this chance to to really sort of, like, shift gears and and make something that you love doing into a sort of, a, a, you know, sort of profession, then I, I think, you know, you can... You legitimize making certain decisions, obviously, as long as it's not too much, too much of a sacrifice.
1: Oh yeah, in terms of corporatizing it, I mean, we st- we still have. I mean, the Dungeons and Dragons one. I don't actually know, having listened to the podcasts Into Avernus. So we're episode three on that, and we got released basically twenty four hours ago. So it's eight o'clock on the eighteenth, we got released like nine o'clock on the seventeenth of September. But the first two episodes, like, we, we assumed because it's Hasbro, Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro. We're like, is it PG? Should we reduce the swearing? And we did because, like, we don't want to lose the opportunity with Wizards of the Coast. It's huge for us. It's We get yeah, modules yeah. early. And we still like crap. And we might have thrown a shit in there. I'm not sure. But we toned it down a bit. And yeah. I listened to episode two, which is The Dungeons and Dragons, who are a really fun show. And they're like, fucking and throwing Jesus Christ and different things in there. I'm like, maybe it wasn't meant to be PG. So like I didn't change the integrity show and we're to a certain extent that's not our show. We're working on a project that they've written the overall arcing story on. So that's when you're working for someone. It's a bit different. But yeah, to 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 change how you do something every day for the next five years or whatever it is, I think it's probably okay for a year, maybe two years. You see success, you get some money. But then at the end of the day you're happy doing it. Like I enjoy recording. It was a podcast I started off to play D and D when I'm was with friends and i thought we were funny enough in what we did normally to make a show so if the, the art fell out of it tomorrow i'd still keep playing D. yeah i'd still record it nobody would yes. listen but you know <laughs> that yeah. you have to enjoy it when you do it first
0: yeah that's because that like goes back to this that's the the main aim you know that's why you're not focusing too heavy on rules and you know you're you're, you're not focusing too much on if if you do if you have a fun game and you're interacting with your friends and enjoying yourself, people want to listen to that. They don't want to listen to something that's been heavily constructed.
1: Yeah, but like I, I guarantee, like I assume people listening to this are probably podcast fans. Any podcast that those people listen to, or you listen to, or I listen to, or any podcast fan listen to, you enjoy the people in it and their content and their character, and you enjoy it because generally what they do they're passionate about, like Stephen Fry and QI there's no doubt he loves those random facts and he's doing that stuff on the side it happened to be a job for him but he loved it as well you know and Joe Rogan he likes having interesting conversations while stoned with people he just does it on a microphone (laughs) you know like if you're not enjoying it and you're reining it in and a big podcast out there for me is Mark Maron and he was one of the first podcasts out there doing interviews but he sounds a bit miserable when he does it now first of all he's kind of a bit of a miserable character by his own admission and that's somewhat his character but sometimes he's interviewing people and you're like are you even enjoying this interview? Like, So it's not a show I really got into because he doesn't feel like he's enjoying it, you know?
0: Mm. Right, okay, so what well, one hit wonder do you still listen to?
1: Oh, Bumfunk MC's Freestyler, Finnish rap group. Nice, me. nice. My second Good CD, choice. I think it was my second CD single I ever, not second single I ever, but my second CD single I ever bought was Bumfunk MC Freestyler.
0: That, that is the correct answer. <laughs> I've, that, I've won, I've won. <laughs> yep that's the end for good night <laughs> cut, to, cut to black yeah. thin google it
1: people <laughs> if you don't know it and you're in for a treat
0: yeah and uh, I mean did you used to think that the the video was the coolest thing ever oh it was video?
1: so good it was so good I, like okay. in that wheelhouse of when I got that it was that it was the Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang which is another great one hit wonder mm. Tub Tump and Chumba by Head and Cassette not long before like, I had a lot of one hit wonders oh, at that yeah. age like that's my wheelhouse I was probably about what's that 98 I was about ten, eleven? 11
0: yeah like i've you know chumbawamba i've been to i've been to a a, i've been to a funeral where chumbawamba was played and it it brought the house down everyone loved it amazing that's 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 the that's the yardstick for a great one (laughs) wonder when you can play it at a funeral for for the people who think (laughs) i'm very
1: cool that the songs i've listed are kind of cool for a 10 year old to buy my first uh CD single was Mbop by Hanson so I'll bring it down bring it back to another okay. which I still right. think is also quite a good one hit wonder I'll still knock out a, an Mbop you know I was 11 it's, it was like it was like teen pop but it's still that comes out to the wedding you're going out there and singing that song
0: that's true that's true it, every now and then you know you'll just be walking through the shops or something and, you're, and you'll get an "Unbop." there you go there
1: you go yeah so to take my credibility right. back to where it should be as a nerd
0: <laughs> um what is okay? So on, uh so something that could uh, possibly help you lower your credibility. What is something that you often think but you do not say out loud because you're worried people would think you are crazy?
1: Oh, I could swim the English Channel. Not, not I could swim the English Channel like right now. <laughs> but right. I was a swimmer when I was younger, and I still in my head at some point have ambitions of like I get into train. If I, if I want a lot, I get into training. I could do the English Channel. It's so like yeah, I wow. was a long, like a long distance swimmer, endurance sw- swimmer, glutton for punishment was my kind of thing. And I, I reckon I could do 21 miles. I reckon I could do it.
0: Okay. I, I mean, I'm, I believe you because that's, that was lightning fast. Oh. I think you're probably thinking about it while this uh, this interview It's <laughs> going genuinely <on>. like,
1: th- <laughs> and outside of that, I can tell you what the training swims are up to it. Like, there's other islands near where I live called the Aran Islands, which are actually the, the islands in the title sequence of Father Ted. And they're about five miles. Uh. It's, no, it's not five miles. Maybe three miles off the coast. Like, that's a good warm-up swim to get used to the long-distance swimming. I've done a yeah. 3 mile swim in my past like outdoors in a lake and stuff so like I have done some long distance like swimming.
0: What is that the longest you've swam before?
1: Um outdoors yes and when I was training I would have done probably 4 miles maybe over a 2 or 3 hour period yeah but like like I used to swim 14 10 to 14 hours a week back in the day before. Wow okay. Before girls and drinking you know kicked in.
0: Yeah yeah yeah. yeah I remember doing we one well my friends and I once did a a charity uh, swim and it was I can't remember it was some it was wasn't sp- super long. it was like 5k maybe mm-hmm. um no 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 that's ridiculous it wasn't 5k it was might be it might have been a might have been a might have been a kilometer is it is Isn't the pool or... is it yeah it was in, I it was can, in a pool. i can give you
1: a reference yeah a kilometer is 40 meters in your average pool 40 length. sorry not 40 meters 40 lengths yeah 64 so is so a mile
0: yeah so i think yeah so i think it was a i think it was a kilometer That'd be a common um, one, yeah. because we, we yeah it was a kilometer because we were doing sort of like a reduced um triathlon um, but then when we got to the pool it <laughs> we obviously hadn't planned this before I'd worked as in in project management and um the pool wasn't even it wasn't a regulations pool oh, it was like a small it was like a small um, 10 meters like or something yeah it's like a spa pool and it ended up being something horrific like 200 laps or something you can <laughs> push, push
1: off out. one end and you're at the other end before you even start swimming kind of thing
0: yes yeah exactly that was exactly what was happening we were pretty much doing the push and then the spin to push off again and it got to a point where we had lost our minds and we're just walking from one end to the other because it was crazy but um, okay English Channel uh, do you think you're is that something you like is that like a bucket list thing for you?
1: I would love genuinely I'd love to try it, but like to do that you need to really like you also have to be working part time and like you're doing so much training. Like there was a guy from where I live who tried it in the eighties and it's twenty one kilometres as the crow flies or twenty one miles as the crow flies, but because of tides and currents he was probably something about twenty five miles and he got something like a mile and a half from shore. But because he didn't quite get his time right, the tide had turned and he was basically swimming for an hour and not gaining any distance to land. He was just matching the tide speed. I need to give up. So, like, I'd love to try wow. and do it. But, like, that's the kind of things you do. Like, some people try it two and three times before they pass it. But I would, yeah. I watched a thing, like, Stand Up to Cancer did a thing in the UK, which was on TV yesterday. That's why it's so fresh in my mind. But genuinely, I'm with my fiance 13 years and I probably said it at least once a year, twice a year. I'd love to try the English Channel i'd love to try it yeah i mean it would take a year of training to do it yeah to get it
0: yeah 100 percent. but i guess it'd be like running a marathon or something isn't it you would would probably cause yourself serious harm to try without training oh yeah exactly
1: yeah i mean there's a local version of it where they so there's a bay in my i'm a seaside town where i grew up my family home is it's a mile and a half swim i think i could do that in the morning if i wanted to i would break myself Mm. but that like like i said ego confidence is not an issue it's a borderline fault I could drown myself trying this thing in the morning if you put a but if you put 100 quid in front of me I'd try it in the morning you know that kind of way
0: yeah yeah (laughs) and I'm tiring yourself out right okay um I want you to I want you to imagine your computer crashes uh you've got Spotify open um if you don't have Spotify let's say in this scenario you do your computer crashes and it is stuck on one song on repeat you can't shut your computer down What song do you hope it lands on?
1: So the one song on Spotify that I could listen to probably over and over and over again is One by One by the Foo Fighters. Um... I used to sing it over and over. Sure. I worked as a lifeguard; it was my first job, and I sit watching a pool. And it was the album that was out at the time. And I just sat there because there was no music in the place, over and over, singing the song in my head.
0: <laughs> so it's like you? You sizing up, like, sizing up people in the pool, like one by one, and I'm onto the next. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that and figuring out if I did this, my lens would be equivalent to the English Channel. You know, just <laughs> the-
0: <laughs> Do you have, do you know how many?
1: Oh, like it's 64 by 21, so I could like it's. Twelve hundred and eighty plus sixty
0: four, thirteen forty four. Yeah, wow. there you go. Okay, fair enough. So yeah, there you go. Re- yeah, I mean you're serious, clearly serious about it. Okay, what what song? What song do you hope it's not? What song are you dreading? Get stuck
1: on? um oh, it feels like Crazy Frog is the obvious answer. What's yeah. a song that? Downtown by is it Paula Clark. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. that's
1: a song that drives me nuts that's there's, one of those
0: ones you could imagine that, you know when you have those um those uh those sort of war thrillers where they uh where they're trying to send a terrorist crazy by playing something oh like yeah that's one of that them that would be one of them wouldn't it
1: like i quite like country and western or some country and western. like I'm a, I'm a fan of some of the popular stuff like Garth brooks and stuff but then Bree's parents would listen to some stuff and i'm like oh my god there's a show back home it's a local radio station that has mike gardner's country corner and some of the songs
0: yeah, because it's like, big in Ireland. Country, isn't it? Oh man, I, I don't
1: know why, but we we got big into it. we had our own country singers, um, yeah. that were only big in Ireland. But like, it is big in the farming culture, especially um, like older farmers are big into it. And line dancing really took off here in the nineties. Com- it was huge.
0: Yeah, completely blindsided me. They they're mad for NF line as well. Yeah, we've
1: <laughs> we've an Irish channel called uh, Tina G, which is uh, basically tv uh in irish but it's tina g has this thing called lower tier which is country star and it's people just singing country songs in a pub in galway like it's <laughs> like it's like an x-factor thing yeah. it's so bizarre they're basically like wedding singers are singing country songs
0: fair enough fair so enough.
1: downtown by paula clark i guess would be one it's yeah just, it's yeah. one i hear i
0: like. i would agree with you on there that would be definitely on my list of uh, ones i'd i'd like to avoid um right so you could write or participate in an RPG set in any time, place, um, or or about any subject, what would you what would you choose?
1: So it's something I've kind of toyed around with, and I'm not a writer, but the west coast of Ireland um and local legends. So I'd love to write something around my area. Like in my area, there's a legend of a floating island, because in our bay, there's kind of this white water out about a mile out in the in the bay, which is just a reef really. But there's a legend about it being a, an island that sinks and floats and there was this bandit who had six fingers and a magic ring to raise and lower the island uh, um, right. so he'd like he'd like raid this is going back to like the you know 500 AD where like you know cattle was the currency and how he became rich so he would raid all these farms and local chieftains of all their cattle bring him across this magical magical land bridge to the island turn his ring and it would sink Well, that's it's called Killish Tafin so like something like that I'd love to write just, that's
0: you know? d d porn isn't it really
1: there you go yeah like and, like, I have all these Irish, like, because I'm semi-fluent in Irish, I have, like, all these Irish place names, all these Irish names, and, like, legends, and which just sounds great even if yeah. you're from Ireland. But then if you don't know Ireland, it's like, man, how would you come up with all these mad names? Like, it's like Tolkien-esque. Kind of, it's kind of, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pre-written. That's it. Like, yeah. it's, it's exactly that, you know?
0: And would that change if it was to play, if you were to play in any um sort of setting?
1: It would depend on who wrote it. If If it was someone who wrote it to be, like, like Darby O'Gill Darby O'Gill isn't a terrible movie but it's very much a movie set in Ireland written about by Americans like if it was written by Americans set in Ireland I wouldn't want to play that but if yeah. it was done by someone someone authentic you know if they know the rubber bandits and they're writing about Ireland I'm yeah. like okay they probably get the gist of it but no um, I'd like to play that I I would like to play some modern Call of Cthulhu or something maybe set in um. and there is scenarios out there but I'd like Joe to write something around um, a gaslight, like Jack the Ripper, Call of Cthulhu piece, or if he did something around Manchester, because I grew up, I know, I grew up, I lived in Manchester, that'd be fun. and yeah, I really I like definitely. Joe's writing as well, so.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I love the stuff was written pretty well, so I think that would mm-hmm. be, yeah, maybe try and get that, that would be good. That'd be good to have some, um, some UK Cthulhu, because it always stri- strikes me as quite strange that The Call of Cthulhu seems so British, um but they're obviously all set in the chaos and ones obviously are all set in in boston um,
1: yeah and and even the even when other shows play it like there's always a british character yeah yeah. because yeah. the 1920s is such a it's it's such a great time for it to be like you know like a winston Churchill type character or yeah. british type character
0: it's just jack the ripper or even maybe like a sort of peaky blinders sort of style of like, exactly thing be, there's so much great, good yeah.
1: there and if joe would just stop having kids he'd have time to write he's been very selfish
0: yeah, <laughs> or maybe yeah. You, I, I'm I'm surprised it's not more like steampunk Cthulhu I think that's uh, so that seems to be quite there's there. there's one or
1: two out there, and, and like I know of them more than I know what they're like, but it's it's I I I'd, I'd be reluctant to bring Cthulhu too much fantasy because I I my very much so my thing when I play is I am very much my character knows this knowledge. I said I know this is a bad decision for my character, but my character it's the only option he can see with the information he has. And as a result of that thinking, it's like, I don't metagame is what it's called, so I don't yeah, yeah. take my my knowledge into the game.
0: Players knowledge, play, players' knowledge versus character knowledge, right?
1: Yeah. I have got characters killed based on what I think a decision they would have made. Yeah. And I think by having s- steampunk stuff or a bit more fantastical stuff there, you can have those scenarios where your character makes a decision, but you might have some sort of mechanism or a contraption that gets you out of it. I like to have the helplessness of Call of Cthulhu
0: which is kind of what it is that's the selling point isn't it yeah yeah and it's okay. so much
1: like, like d d is my game I love d d way more but mm-hmm. then the palette cleanser it is like well I'm gonna just go in and die in something or you know like Gary Gygax. Is Gary Gygax said this someone very well known in RPGs that I should know I think it was Gary Gygax said your players should feel like they have a 30%, 30% chance of succeeding and a 70% chance of failing but they actually have it reversed of 70% chance of succeeding a 30% chance of failing Call of Cthulhu, you feel like you have a 5% chance of succeeding and you probably actually have a 3%. Chance. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a completely different game, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, and I think, I think it's quite, yeah, it's quite humbling. I think it really helps one, it really helps the other. I think, but it's, uh, it's, it's very interesting. Um, all right, then, well, you know, on to end, on, end on a high note. I, wanted to ask, and um, this is the same question that we're asking, asking everyone, what's been your most affirming moment since you started recording How We Roll?
1: There's two that immediately spring to mind. So before we would any tangible success in the right work, because it was very tangible for me what the success was, but anything that really would be... Recognizable as okay, you're a successful podcast. Other people, we use stream our live recordings for a small bit. I used stream them off my laptop. And we had this, uh we still have the shop set up, um, but we had the shop, shop set up where we only got like you could buy like our logo for like 25 quid and we got maybe 150 off it. Like, you know, it was just there. So if we wanted to buy stuff, I could buy stuff. And someone bought our logo, and it's a guy called Huntro who was studying medicine in Glasgow and he was on the stream for a long time. He'd turn up. He disappeared because he was studying medicine, I assume. But he bought our logo and said it was on his college dorm wall. And I was like, that's crazy. And at the time, we were getting, like, we were only in the 10,000s thousand, of downloads. It wasn't up in the hundreds of thousands and beyond. And I was like, oh, well, at least we've touched one person. I like not an idea people like this, but one person enough to throw away 20 quid on our silly logo. So that was like a real cool moment, and and to, and um, to have it
0: on their wall and be looking at it to to yeah, actually mean something to them.
1: I've ever been in college as well. Like, I was he's studying medicine, which is first of all a crazy time commitment. He's wasting time watching us. I was doing civil engineering, which was another intensive time sink of study into maths and stuff. But I had no money. I was out drinking. I was <laughs> working part time. He's wasted twenty quid. That's you know, in college you get like. Two euro three euro points that's I mean, like yeah, exactly. two that's nights out, night out. <laughs> out. <You laughs> yeah. no it's night. it's so that was like the first one that was tangible, and then the second one was obviously um getting invited to d and d life it yeah. was I make it fun of, of Joe and saying it was when I told you someone and it was like it really was, and I always believed we'd get there, but I think we'd get there in four years or as quick as we did, and it isn't very quick, some people have got there quicker, but it's still anyone says remember when you did that silly podcast 10 years down the line yeah i do but i got to hollywood and i did this like it's just such it's a banana story like it really is yeah. no you know
0: that is that's that's yeah, that is amazing but um i think if you listen to um listen to how we roll i think you can agree that you guys definitely deserve it it's a, uh, it's the, the quality is good and the, the the storytelling is good and it's just the, like i said it's, it's a it's a solid podcast and it really is sort of but it's probably one of the only ones out there in in the UK that I'm I'm familiar with that does that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I pre- appreciate it, buddy. And look, I say I say I'm an ego and I have that confidence there, and I, and I do. But like moments like that genuinely humble you and like kind of you know it it takes the wind out of your right word. But like you're kind of lost for words and you're like, oh, you know you're you're doing something right. Yeah. And it 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 knocks me down in a weird, humbling way of wow, how lucky am I to do this? There's people trying to do this and they're not getting. As lucky as we are, a success, and and part of what we've done is look, like it, you do need the breaks to go your way. There is podcasts out there that are as everybody as good as us in terms of audio quality, just as funny of us, and the right person hasn't listened to them and invited them on their show mm. or vice versa. You know, like a ram from God's fall is a big reason for why we've got some traction. He became very big due to a Reddit controversy where people were like, he is a, so he's a gay man and he's a queer cast and very pro queer and lgbtq and some of the um anti-fan right kind of side of twitter took it and ran with it and he blew up because of all the attention it got and he started the same week as us and i messaged him just saying hey i love what you do and we got into a conversation because of it and he's helped us he like he grew so quickly and he's put our name out there and he's helped us grow and it was just luck because it was a show i liked and i messaged him when he was at a couple of thousand downloads and that's like you can't account for that luck you know
0: yeah but yeah, like you said, it's also doing the right thing at the right time. You know, there's uh, you know there's luckier you get and there's luck you make.
1: Yes, um, I get it. that's. But, and that's also, I think the,
0: I think that, like you said before, the you kind of hit the Cthulhu thing at the right time because now you see this Cthulhu everything. Like it's it's, it's a massive. It seems to be massive yeah, now. Like, um, you've even got a, a pandemic, a Cthulhu pandemic, um, board game now. Yeah, like
1: there was there was exactly there was only three shows out there when we recorded. One was Skype of Cthulhu, the other was Cthulhu and Friends, and that was it. Like that was it. That was all that was there. Yeah. And even then, I think it was Skype and Cthulhu weren't releasing regularly. Um now you see Critical Role Player doing Call of Cthulhu. Our numbers have jumped up massively because when you look up Critical Role or when you look up Cthulhu, Cthulhu podcast, yeah. we come up first. So we haven't got a huge jump, but we've definitely seen an influence in numbers and we're assuming that's the reason. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to know. So you know, you have to box clever. And to be fair, it was Joe who was pushing the Cthulhu thing. I I probably was. I don't remember to be honest with you now. And I'd like to say I thought it was a good idea. But if I if I look back, or if 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 we t- teleported back, I'm probably saying go D and D because it's popular. Right. So like that was a great call in yeah. Joe's part, you know. Cool. And okay. he wrote the story, so he got to make the
0: the yeah. at the end of yeah. the day. Right. Um, I, I that was the that was the last question I did I had, but I did actually just want to quickly uh, ask you about about gaming. You said you're uh, big on gaming, so what games do you mm-hmm. play? Well, first of all, is it console or PC?
1: So I was a console player for years. I got a PC into PC gaming. I got a laptop probably two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, and I kind of got it because well I had a laptop always for school and stuff. But I got one capable playing some games because I'd heard so much about League of Legends being the biggest game in the world. It just yeah. kind of taken that mental and had blown up. And I started off I once online gaming became a thing, I was all about competitive gaming. So it was in in console it was GTA Online, it was COD, it was FIFA. And then I got League of Legends. So I'm still playing League of Legends now. It's Jesus, nine years on, eight years on. Um I've put a lot of money into that game. I play I played a bit of Overwatch. I've put probably four or five hundred hours into Rocket League super sonic acrobatic rocket
0: powered battle cars yeah yeah love yeah.
1: it <laughs> i wasn't there in the original days but um i got into it when i came onto the scene as a as an esport um yeah. but it depends on what my friends are playing like i'm not really good at fps's so like i don't play a lot of overwatch but it's more arcade than your average fps i, I enjoy that mm-hmm. um i don't play many single player games i stream with a stardew when i'm raging after feeding in league of legends or um, having failed miserably at some competitive game I'll just, I'm going to go pick some turnips in <laughs> Stardew Valley and I'll stream it to some of our fans and just have a chat about the show did a bit of XCOM i would play anything all over the board but mostly it's competitive and I always end up going back to League of Legends so okay,
0: yeah yeah and that was something I, I think they it was on the Joe Rogan podcast they were talking about the popularity of esports and uh, they were saying how um, esports is is you know far surpassed especially in like Korea surpasses the sort of figures for UFC, and I think that was a, a big eye opener for, for Joe. They, like, sort of oh yeah, and, it's it's
1: it's massive. Like even now in because Riot Games, who developed League of Legends, they're based out of California, but their headquarters in the EU is in Dublin. Um, so there was a good Irish scene there, all based around this Facebook group called this League of Legends Ireland, and the first competition they ever put on was like someone said, I put fifty quid up as a prize enter your teams and I entered in that I made my own team and I was an average player but I, my, some of my friends were really good so I just got four ringers to play with me and carry me to a final and that and it kind of got me hooked but like guys from that scene now like one of them is over he was like he's younger than me so he's probably in high school when I was in college and he started shoutcasting some of the games in Ireland that we were just playing in the group and we were average players silver gold uh, platinum players and he kept doing it then he got there was an Irish college scene he did that and then he got to the UK scene and now he's actually over in the professional it's called the LEC which is the Chinese professional league and he's he's on Twitch to the English version of their commentary team shoutcasting their games that's mad Blood Penguin so yeah I remember him naming me as an MVP something like seven years ago (laughs) in a game that I probably didn't deserve it but he didn't want to give it to the guy that was best because he was (laughs) friends with him
0: alright okay
1: like it's just it's just that's the thing with ireland everyone knows everyone but like league of legends is it's just i'm in it that long since season two playing the game like it's amazing some of the some of the players you play with are on semi-professional teams in england or that guy mm. who i don't know that well but i'd know him he's shout casting over in china you know it's cool
0: yeah i recently saw the um, rainbow six siege uh tournament that was streamed on uh, twitch and mm. yeah, I was yeah I was surprised how how big um, how big that was because I played it before. But then yeah, I looked more into esports and was like, wow, this is ph- this is like it's phenomenal, isn't the yeah, size it? Yeah, a it?
1: sixty thousand seat stadium for the the worlds last year in was it Korea last year I think like they're coming up again. October is usually October November is when the worlds is for League Legends. I'm not sure where it is this year because I'm I'm working so much and doing stuff for the podcast. I've not really followed the pro scene, mm. but they'll get you know. It's like football stadiums. They fill football stadiums to watch it. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, undoubtedly the next uh, the next big thing coming uh, coming down the way. But listen, mm-hmm. um, Owen, I don't want to take up uh, any more of your time because uh, I've already taken up enough. But, uh, I'm, yeah, thank you so much for, for taking part. It's been great having you on. Really enjoyed your, uh, your random answers as well as uh, getting to know <laughs> bit more about your process it's been uh, been really really insightful so thanks very much for your time do you want to let us know the best way to to reach out or to uh,
1: to so look the main thing for me guys is how we roll podcast you need the word podcast in there when you look us up you can find us anywhere you get podcasts so any podcast catchers your stitcher your itunes you'll find us you can look up our webs Ugh. you can look up our website at howwerollpodcast.com or the show twitter is podcast. And if you want to speak up my ego some bit more, I am how we roll. Own on Twitter, and own is spelled e o g h a n, because of Irish spellings.
0: Yeah, they do like uh, a lot of silent um, letters. A lot of yeah, like um, one that I come across uh, recently was Carl, which is Cahal actually. Oh, Cahal. Yes.
1: (laughs) There you go. There's a few of us like yeah. Mine is Eugene in English. (laughs)
0: it's <laughs> right. okay. a uh, bit more bland sounding. And and we said for ju- for jump ons for um for Strahd either uh, after the after the Death House. Um so or, if you yeah,
1: if you want to listen to our D and D stuff, um the Death House is pretty good, but you can jump on to when we enter Barovia proper. So if you go to our stream, the last one that says house the next one after that's a good place to jump on. Okay. If you like Call of Cthulhu, um Return to Innsmouth, Deadlight are two very good ones jump into those
0: yeah I, I'd say um, I'd say any of the Cthulhu really are, are, are good listens because that's uh, that was actually what got me started playing call of cthulhu was um i had been following sort of the, the i had been following the string from D podcasts and then found your podcast and then saw the call of cthulhu stuff and thought what's this and then i've now started playing call of cthulhu with my D groups so we use that as you know when the when campaigns are, are dragging on a bit and we're getting into session god knows what We like to take some uh, time <laughs> out with uh doing a, a cthulhu so yeah i i, I would put i say any of them are are uh are good places to start
1: um yeah yeah and hashtag uh team no can do guys if you can tweet that <laughs> to H- to if you if you can tweet that to hwr podcast joe runs that twitter hashtag team no can do i would i'll follow you back if i see it i would really appreciate it <laughs> hashtag uh team no can do we have a ken memes pro ken memes and uh anti ken memes on our discord it's it's, it's a proper war and we're going to win it
0: And this would be even funnier if I cut out the uh, the Blackwater Creek bit as well. (laughs) It just 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 seems like I'm really upset. Oh, and another (laughs) thing. Yeah, before I go, (laughs)
1: brilliant. Screw that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: Yeah, it's a a fight. It's a it's a fight for the for the new age. But um, brilliant.
1: Exactly. Thanks once again. Thank you very much, buddy.
0: and that's everything for today I hope you really enjoyed my conversation with Owen I know I did um, I'm recording this outro about year and a half after it was recorded and it was great to listen to it again and uh, get all those great insights on what it's like to, to run a, a podcast an RPG podcast um, if you want to hear more from Owen get yourself onto howwerollpodcast.com that's howwerollpodcast.com all of their stuff on there got a new to how we roll section of the podcast where you can pick up on their various campaigns and this was actually how i came across call of cthulhu in the first place i'm a big call of cthulhu fan now so i've got uh, them to thank for that Uh, if you want to listen to some of their call of cthulhu stuff i'd recommend either idol or thoth or blackwater creek Uh, that's That's all on uh, Spotify, if you wanted to uh, to listen to that. Um, Or the other thing, which actually doesn't have own, but um, Pulp Cthulhu podcast, The Two-Headed Serpent, what I'm currently listening to at the moment. Um, Couldn't recommend any of those enough. Um, Also, Owen runs his uh, Rolling With podcast, where he does his own interview show, talking to different people. Um, They're all great. There's a recent one there, which... Uh, if you're thinking of running your own online RPG, it's a must-listen to. But uh, my personal favourite was the one he's done with uh, uh, Daniel Kwan and uh, Asian to represent, uh, which has got some really great ideas on how to get uh, how to get people involved in D&D. So yeah, give those a listen to. But that's everything. So thanks very much for listening. Take care.